This is a trigger warning to notify you that this episode discusses sexual crimes and a victim story. I'd also like to disclose that where the advice in this podcast is not given by legal and mental health professionals that I'm inviting on, it is given based solely on mine and my interviewees' knowledge and experience of these areas. This advice intends to be no more than mere suggestions and information concerning the topic being discussed and is not conclusive instructions that you must follow to achieve the purpose of why you are listening. So today's episode is going to focus on sexual assault and rape. I'm dedicating this month's podcast to discussing sexual crimes in support of April obviously being Sexual Assault Awareness Month. But I also want to widely cover this area because I feel like sexual crimes are so common, yet so many people don't understand still how it's regulated and a lot of victims feel still that they're responsible for their attack. And even perpetrators are very unsure about what constitutes consent sometimes. So actually, this can contribute to very serious situation um, but has arisen out of a lack of education. So all this sort of stuff will be discussed throughout April but today I'm going to share a victim's story on behalf of the victim. Um, They're remaining anonymous and that's why I'll share it for them but they have suggested that they found it difficult to open up to their family about what happened to them. So I'd also like to share some suggestions that may help you if you are someone who is also a victim and are struggling the same way. So how this episode is going to be structured is I'll start by sharing the victim's story. She's given me some very clear instructions about what to say so I'll follow that firstly and then I'll have a little discussion about her story And in doing that, I'll then detail some tips about how you can open up to someone if you're wanting to talk to someone, but you don't know how. And I'll use this story that I'm discussing today to try and make these tips relatable and put them into context. And before I share the story, I'd just like to say to the person whose story I am sharing that I think you're really brave and this is a great way for you to come to terms with your experience and I'm very grateful and humbled that you're sharing it on my platform and I'm sure that everyone else listening is going to be very proud of you. So I'm now going to read the story that the person has sent over to me. I've only ever read about topics such as rape and sexual assault and felt upset knowing that women have gone through something so awful. I never thought something like this would happen to me. Three years later, I am still coming to terms with it. There are nights I can't sleep, I have awful nightmares sometimes, and there are days I feel so ashamed that I let someone do that and have that power over me. But in that moment, everything you are taught and told to do goes out the window and it's replaced with fear. I can't describe to you how scared I was in that moment. I think about when I tried to get away but physically I was helpless. When I tried to shout for help my mouth was covered and there was absolutely nothing I could do. The following morning he left my room without saying a word. 
He tried to have sex with me while I was asleep. I just burst out crying when I was alone. One of the best things I learned to begin overcoming something like this is to talk about it. I feel I can't tell my parents, unfortunately. I know they'd want me to tell them, but I know that it would break them that I was far away from home and they couldn't do anything. This happened to me at university, where I was just starting to find my feet and I had no family around me. However, I formed some amazing friendships. I was so blessed that I met my best friend at university. She was my rock during the situation. Opening up about this subject is what has helped me to get through it slowly as I just started off trying to keep it to myself. I went to a party just under a year after this incident happened and that person was there. I was so nervous and as if it couldn't get any worse that person was making jokes like I raped a girl at this party, trying to get a laugh out of it. No one laughed and I actually pitied his behaviour just as the others did. I have now moved back home from uni and not seen this person for nearly two years. I've blocked all form of social contact and I'm slowly starting to feel safer within myself. If anyone listening to this has unfortunately gone through something similar to this, know you aren't ever alone, no one will judge you or think anything less. I had that thought and then I met a lovely guy at university and he's still my boyfriend. I was so nervous to tell him as naturally I became very on edge around him when we were just relaxing in bed. I braved telling him and he was heartbroken I went through something so awful. I was scared that he was going to judge me and potentially not want to be with me. However, telling him and hearing myself say those words, I was raped, has helped me to start, move on from the situation. So one thing that I recognise here that she said was that even three years on after the incident, she's still coming to terms with it. And I'm really glad that she's actually said that because there's a lot of expectations, I feel, from ourselves that we need to come to terms with something a lot quicker than we do. And that's not the case at all. Another thing that the victim said in this story was that she felt ashamed that she let someone do that to her. Now, obviously, you should never feel ashamed and the actions of someone else is not something that you can control, you know, and you should never, ever feel like you should be blamed for that. But as much as I could sit here and reiterate that the whole episode... It's not going to stop someone thinking, could I have done something in that situation to stop it from happening? And again, like I say, even though you can't control the actions of someone else and therefore it's not your fault, I think that as victims, we still seem to find that we had some responsibility in that situation and we shouldn't. So rape is statutorily defined in section one of the sexual offences act 2003 and in essence it says that a person commits the offence of rape if they intentionally have sex with the victim and the victim doesn't consent and the perpetrator believes that the victim doesn't consent but she said how 
the perpetrator put his hand over her mouth and she felt physically helpless and scared. That right there, if you think about that, if you say that to yourself a few times, he put his hand over her mouth. She didn't do anything there and that's why you shouldn't feel ashamed and should never feel like you're responsible for the perpetrator's actions because you're not. And it's just as important to remember that. Any, And I think one really good way to remind yourself that it's not your fault is that you had a choice to consent and you didn't. And the perpetrator had a choice to acknowledge that lack of consent and they didn't and instead still went ahead with having sex with you. Another thing that I think is really important to highlight here is the perpetrator's lack of accountability um, regarding the fact that he left the room the next morning without saying anything. And it's more frustrating than anything. And I think that many perpetrators think they've not done something wrong because sex is supposed to be pleasurable and fun and whether they're doing it consensually or without your consent the fact that they're doing it regardless just shows how sick it can be because they don't really care about consent it's the fact that they're doing it for their own pleasure and satisfaction and this is why rape is so controversial and even though it's widely acknowledged by a lot of people that it's a serious crime and that it happens a lot I think it's not necessarily the justice system that isn't acknowledging um, these sorts of crimes and it's not the public that's not acknowledging these sorts of crimes it's the perpetrators themselves and that's what makes it so frustrating And I think that even though there is a lot of awareness now about rape and other sexual crimes, I think there's still somewhat a lack of acknowledgement. And that's not necessarily on the public's behalf or the justice system's behalf. That's on the perpetrator's behalf. So I'd now like to move on to the difficulties that the victim faced opening up to loved ones about what had happened to her. She did say that she told her friends and her boyfriend but she felt she couldn't tell her family because mainly it would hurt them and worry them. So often it's not because we don't trust our family or we don't want them to help us it's more that we physically cannot find the words to say it without breaking their hearts. But I think if you're close to your family, then it's very important that you share these things with them because, as my mum says, a problem shared is a problem halved. And if you know how supportive your family are, they would rather know than you suffer in silence. So one of the first things I will share that I think we've already touched upon really in this story is opening up to a friend before a family member. 
Now, if you're someone who's comfortable telling your family first, that's absolutely fine. But if you're someone like me who found it really daunting to have your parents or someone like that in your family know a bad situation you've been through, then I would say speaking to a friend who is the same gender and the same age or perhaps someone who has had a similar experience, that could be good as sort of a trial run for you telling your family because I think they will be able to relate to how you're feeling whether they've been through something or not and if they haven't been through something obviously they won't be able to directly relate to your circumstances but it might be easier say if you're a young person let's say you're a teenager I know that there are older people who think that teenagers get involved with sex because they're irresponsible and speaking to another teenager could probably comfort you in the sense that that's not what everyone thinks and what other people think doesn't matter. So I think having a friend who you can relate to and who can relate to you in one way, whether it be your relationship with your family, you're the same age, you've had the same experience or a similar one, they'll be really good for understanding the position you're in and the difficulty that you're facing with opening up to your family. When I first told my parents about something that I'd been through, I think I was already very, very upset about something else, something completely unrelated that had happened and we were all a bit flustered and frustrated And that actually felt the best time to bring it up because their emotions were already running high. And part of me does wish that I was able to sit down and tell them when I was in the right frame of mind to do so. Um, But at the time, it just felt right to just get it out of my system. And even though that was what was best for me at that moment it was still very very daunting so I wanted to share some tips if you are someone who is sharing whether it be with your family or with a friend or anyone at all and especially if you're sharing something for the first time how you can do that and how you can make the situation a little bit less daunting or perhaps who might be best for you to tell things like that And I'm obviously going to say that you can talk to me as well. It would be silly not to. Um, Like I've said before, my platform really is just about not only educating, but supporting you if you've been through something difficult. And like I said, with having a friend, it's really important that if you're telling someone for the first time, the person you're telling can relate to you in some way because that makes you feel more comfortable. So the next few things are just going to be based on what you might be able to do that could alleviate the situation for you. The first one is remembering that you don't have to tell someone the full story. 
Um, just because you've agreed to tell them doesn't mean you should pressure yourself into giving them every single detail. I know that I can relate to this quite a lot because I remember when I was opening up to my friends, my closest friends about something I'd been through and I didn't want to share some details but I felt like if I didn't then I wasn't telling the truth totally and when you look back and you step out of that situation and your emotions are involved as much you realize that actually I'm not lying about anything I'm just not saying some things and that's not being misleading that's not lying but if you feel like you're a bit worried about them sorts of feelings like I was you could just say to that person look I want to tell you something but I'm not going to be giving you all the details or um you know I'm going to give you parts of the story but please don't ask me about any details or something like that um and that will then make you more comfortable possibly because you know that the person you're telling knows that there is more to the story but they know that you don't want to discuss that and what that will do is essentially eliminate the possibility of questions popping up randomly that put you on the spot and that you don't want to answer Another thing I recommend is being in surroundings that you're comfortable with when you're opening up to somebody. This is why I set up my Instagram and my podcasts on Spotify and these sorts of platforms because a lot of people use them now and that makes this content more relatable and the fact that someone can message me on Instagram and share their story even though they might not know me, they know my intentions and they're doing it on a platform that they use every day so it's not unfamiliar to them and I think something like that makes the situation just that little bit less daunting and I think especially while we've got some restrictions in England with the fact that you can't really visit people's houses or get close to them I think it's really important that people have something like a social media platform to use and share because otherwise you're sort of stuck on your own but for when you can meet a friend do it somewhere where you regularly go or perhaps they could come over to your place or you could go to you know, a coffee shop that you regularly go to. So as long as where you're sharing is somewhere where you're comfortable and able to open up in a more relaxed way, then that will be of benefit to you. The final tip that I will give is thinking about what benefits you will get out of sharing your story with someone. There's things like knowing that you won't be alone and suffering in silence anymore and the fact that you've got someone to talk to about your feelings if you need. I think referring back to what I said about sharing details, you can tell someone 
and then tell them, look, I just wanted to have this release just so I could tell someone so somebody knows how I'm feeling, but I don't want to discuss the story again. In that sort of situation, you could actually have something like a code word, um, you know, say when you want to text that person when you're feeling really low or you want to talk, but not necessarily talk about the situation, but you want them to know that, okay, you're a bit upset or you're feeling very anxious and things like that. So then that person knows what's going on in your mind and what you're thinking about but they also know that you've used the code word because you don't want to discuss any details. As I said before sharing your story is really difficult and it's not a nice thing to do and I think it's one of them situations where you really have to look at it in the long run because in the short term it puts you in an uncomfortable position, it's difficult, you don't know how to get your words out sometimes, but in the long run, you've got more support, more people to talk to when you need picking up, and that's really important because you can become your own worst enemy, especially if you're physically on your own, you know, you're sat on your own, let's say if you live on your own or something, if you've not even got someone to text about this stuff, it can be really difficult for you to tell yourself, right, I'm going to go out for a walk or, you know, I'm going to go do something that takes my mind off it or just helps me to deal with it a bit better. But if you've got someone there to say, right, I'm coming to pick you up or I'm coming around and we'll go for a walk together or something like that, someone's there to hold you accountable for looking after yourself more and I think that's really important and again like I say don't ever let anyone pressure you into telling someone if you're not ready but when you are ready please do take the opportunity to tell people that you trust and people who are good listeners because it is absolutely vital to have that support network around you And I know I've said it before, and I'll probably say it a million times more, but if you feel like you don't have that support network, then you've got me and you can always message me whenever on my Instagram um, or, you know, even if you just want to email me about something. So again, I'd like to say thank you for the person sharing their story. Again, it's such a courageous thing to do, whether you're anonymous or not, because having her tell me that story and sharing them details is difficult enough and the fact that it's now out on a platform you know like Spotify is probably quite nerve-wracking but it's just something that you've got to take the plunge with and trust me if you're sharing your story in the long run it's going to give you so much confidence If you support my podcast and enjoy following it, you can support me further by becoming a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Tory Hall. And you can follow me on Instagram at Justice with Tory. If you are someone who is inspired by this story and you now feel like you want to share something with me, please contact me at collaborations at justicewithtory.com 
or for any questions or information about what I do, you can email me at inquiries at justicewithtory.com or you can message me on my Instagram, which is at justicewithtory. My personal account is also linked in the bio of that, so you can contact me on there as well. I really hope that the advice that I've given today and the suggestions that I've made are useful to you. And if you find that they are, please do let me know. And thank you for listening.